Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside Podcast. Special guest today is Erin. Welcome. Oh, Jenny, you are the best. Oh, thank right. you for having me. You know, it's Erin Lochner. Did I say that right? Yes. Great. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. You did great. I did. I paused right at the beginning because I should have asked before we started. Oh, stop. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. It's like an amateur mis- a mistake. Erin Lochner, but it's spelled L-O-E-C-H-N-E-R. That's right. Um, That's right. And I just feel like, time out. I feel like I need to say for your listeners. So we've met in person, Jenny. Yes, you know how everybody always wonders in the back of your head, like, is this person as great in real life as they, Aww. as I think they are? You are, you are, you are. I love every bit of you. Okay. I feel the same about you. I want to, I want to read your bio and then I want to tell people how we met. Okay. Uh, Cause it's a story, I think. Okay. So Erin is a phenomenal writer. Phenomenal. So um, she has a blog and she has a book. I'm going to hold it up here because sometimes people watch the video called Chasing Slow, Courage to Journey Off the Beaten Path, which I have fallen in love with this beautiful book. Um, so Throughout this whole podcast, people will get a a good feel for your writing because here's how it starts. She says, by day, I change diapers and write essays and design products and answer emails. I speak at international events, say another prayer, brew another coffee. By day, I travel the world or at least the grocery. I read another chapter and kiss another skinned knee and battle another bad habit. I fry bacon. I change my outfit. I refill my husband's water glass and then style lookbooks and sing lullabies and search for that ubiquitous missing sock yet again by night I write it all down here wow wow Erin I love your writing so Erin is the author of Chasing Slow which is this courage to journey off the beaten path she's the founder of an international homeschooling co-op called Other Goose which is so catchy come on Other Goose how (laughs) cute she's been blogging and speaking for more than a decade Her heartfelt writing and design work has been showcased in the New York Times, Lucky, Parenting Dwell, Marie Claire, Elle Decor, Huffington Post, and a two-season HGTV.com web special, uh, garnering over one million fans worldwide. She's spoken for and appeared in renowned international events for clients such as Walt Disney, Ikea, Martha Stewart, and Home Depot. She's now settled in a Midwestern town, not far from us, actually. Erin, her husband, and three kids, right? Yes, three now. Three kids. Strive for um, less in more areas except three. Joy, grace, and goat cheese. So I love that. I love that um, intro. Okay, so can I tell you, I want to tell you my path to you. (laughs) Okay, so you know how you're going to totally relate, I think. Like, you just have so many things going on, right? It's like all the pots are boiling. And... You know, so we're just in this season, we're just trying to kind of get through the day. And Ainsley, who's the founder of Wild and Free, uh, which is a fabulous group and movement and the conference is so fun. She had reached out to see if I would speak at the conference this past year um, in Tennessee, which I was so excited about. And um, so then she passed me off to you. And there wasn't sort of any introduction or it was just all of a sudden, like I said, yes. And then I'm getting emails from Miss Aaron, like Aaron, Aaron, you know, I'm just kind of like reading through, reading through. And so after a couple of Aaron, I was like, I was like, wait, I'm like 
this person is really good at what they do. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like that. Like I got, maybe it was like email three or, and then I started getting text messages and I was like, hold on. Like, who is this person? You know, I'm getting these messages and like, you're just on top of things and everything is communicated so well. So then I like scroll down and I was like, all these things, author, I'm like, who is this? You know? And, uh, and then we met in person and you didn't really talk about all those things. Like you've been on TV and you have a book and you do, and, but you're so hospitable I don't know. It just, it's so, so then I got home and I ordered the book and I was like, why, why didn't she tell me all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, I just, I was so blown away by your accomplishments and yet also you didn't even talk about them. You were just like you, which kind of fits oh, with the book. Jenny. And then I put up one of your quotes the other day, and then I start getting text messages from my friends. They're like, wait, Aaron, Aaron Lochner? I was like, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, that's her. <laughs> I was like, I get some, I get some extra cool points with my friends. So my house is not like HGTV worthy. Stop. And so I don't run in the I don't run in that circle. And so I just had kind of missed. I had missed your amazingness. For this oh past my couple years, so well, and I'm old, so like you know, there, I think there's just layers of the internet. You know, it just I'm just well, you're in your circle. Out. I think a lot of times you you're in your circle, and sometimes your circles don't um, collide, and so then yeah. our circles collided. But I just was so amazed. Well, first of all, how good you were at what you did. Mm. Like it's like you stop. It stopped me in my tracks. Just and then secondly. I guess how humble you are about it because you weren't telling me, you didn't, you didn't tell me much about it. And then third, you're just that type of person that um, I used to think that hospitality meant like, you know, you let people into your home, but then someone said hospitality is how you make people feel. Like you just have this gift of making people feel welcome. So um, I'm so glad our paths, our paths have crossed. I am so glad too. I just love everything about you. And I don't spend very much time on the internet. And this is one of those times where it's like, oh, this is a bummer. I should spend more time on the internet just only to get Jenny glimpses. I think you're, I just think you are so, I feel the same way about you. I think you're so warm and fun and um, just a delight. I loved your whole family, obviously. You're so sweet. It was a really fun circumstance to meet each other. And yeah. um, the Wild and Free Conference was so fun. And you just did such a fabulous job at... Um, piecing all those things together. It was a lot. So, Thank you. Um, so I just read your book. I read it over the weekend. Um, I'm going to hold it. it up here and this podcast is going to come out in December. So this is going to be the perfect time heading into the holidays, probably in the midst of the holidays really, and then heading into a new year, but it's called Chasing Slow Courage to Journey Off the Beaten Path. And the first thing is I have never seen a book that is so cool looking in my entire life, literally. Oh, thank you. Erin, come on. This is amazing. <sighs> Oh, look at all You're your like, notes. Look, look at, at all, all this. your notes. I'm, an, I'm a writer. Underlines. Oh, look I at how beautiful this. It's a beautiful book. Thank I've you. I've never seen anything like it. So it came and I was like, oh, I love this. Thank and then you. I read it and it was different than what I was expecting it to be. That's what everybody says. Yeah. I was expecting it to be instructions for me um, on how to slow down, which I feel like we all need. And that was in there. But it was in this envelope of 
oh, I relate to this. Mm. It was just, it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. I was in, I was engaged from beginning to end. I mean, and it, your writing is so entertaining. Like even there was one little sentence that said at dinner, the reheated kind, (laughs) you know, things like that. Like these little things where you're like, oh, I really relate to that, you know? Oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, it was so much fun to write. I, I, love above writing. And this was a, this was a fun one to write because it felt like I don't want to give people answers. I just wanted to kind of lead them to their own, you know? Yeah. I really yeah. wanted to. So that yeah, helps and you hearing you that. say that. And, and just for people to say, oh, someone else feels the same way I do, or mm-hmm. there's so much of the book. I thought, oh, I really relate to that. It made me think. Oh. You know, I think, I guess when people give you the answers, you don't think. Yes. You well, know, you, you can, you can, but I, yeah, I do think it's kind of the long way. It, it sort of forces people to take the long way home. You know, yeah. they have to really reconsider what things look like for their life and not, yeah. not the formula, you know? Yeah. It was very thought provoking. Um, so let's see, I, I pulled out a couple, I pulled out a couple just topics from the book that I really loved. Um, okay. And one of the ones that really stuck out to me was about was about measuring mm. and um you you said um it is the surrender the failure it is the knowing that i will never know the accepting what i can never accept the understanding that i will never understand what it means to perfect the gi- the gig in these again 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 days for many parents the pressure is extraordinary there is an immense amount of information and theory on technique and tradition um, articles floating around, uh, proclaiming 100 things your toddler should know by now. And you say, it's a trap we all fall into, the temptation to measure our child's progress. And then you say, it is, after all, the only way we can measure our own. Hmm. What a big statement. So there's a, really a lot in those couple of sentences. Um, do you feel like there's a lot of pressure to to measure our kids. I do. And it's so funny because when I wrote that, uh, my daughter was probably two, three years old and I hadn't even entered the homeschooling years truly. And I still, I feel like the older they get, the more practiced we get at making sure we're not measuring them and kind of changing the game from a, a measurement to an observation, you know, just, um, here's what they are. Here's what this is. Uh, what next? Kind of what now? Almost approaching it with a curiosity rather than a critique. Mm-hmm. And um, I had I didn't get that yet when they were toddlers. I don't know. I just, I think I was so focused on, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And you really want to get it right. You know, this is a big, important job. And the only way that I knew was if she was turning out okay. But like, what does that even mean? And what does that look like to a toddler that like freaks out over their shoelaces? So I just feel like, um, that has been a huge growth moment for me when I could kind of separate my own identity from the identity of each of my kids and let them be them and let me be me and let us be a family. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so much pressure to measure. And I really like what you said at the end, that it maybe does stem back from it's a measurement of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so then there's that extra layer of pressure. We look yes. around, 
but then it also is a reflection of of our own capabilities or yeah I don't even know my eight-year-old was like holding scissors upside down today <laughs> it was just a silly thing we were like with other people she was trying to open a box and I was like oh like she doesn't know how to hold the scissors <laughs> Yeah, they're not working. They're upside down. You know, and you do, you feel like it's this reflection and, and kind of, I guess it is, you it's know. It's so funny, but you're right. You're like, oh, I forgot to teach you that. Especially yeah. as a homeschooling parent, you think yeah. that, I mean, it, certainly the pressure is only on you. You can't, right. you can't blame right. the teacher right. for like, oh, you missed oh, that unit, you know, for whatever. <laughs> it's just you. Thing. And yeah. I think, I think sometimes that is the beauty of it because you know, you can't teach them everything. You know, there are going to be huge gaps in their learning. And so it does almost, for me at least, help me release the idea that I have to instill everything in them and that sometimes mm-hmm. it's going to be up to them to self-educate, even on yeah. how to, they'll learn the hard way how to hold the scissors, I suppose. But right, right. yeah, it's so scary. It's so big. It's so fraught. And I just, I think that's probably going to be a lifelong struggle for so many of us. It's just, yeah. you know, we want them, yeah. want them to do great. We want, we want us to be great. Yeah. So you talked about when your daughter was two or three. So tell us a little bit about your family. You've got three kids. I know one of them's real little right now, a one-year-old, right? Yeah. Yes. Tell us about about your family. So a daughter is, oh man, nine. I'm so terrible with the ages. She's nine now. Um, Mm. Nine-year-old girl, five-year-old boy, and surprise baby at the end. Um, Our son is, uh, they're all just so lovely. You know, my mm-hmm. daughter's, my oldest daughter's very creative, very independent, very strong-willed. And then I have this sweet, sensitive boy in the middle. And then the baby is just kind of a racket. You know, she's mm-hmm. just, I don't know what we thought was going to happen when you throw that third into the mix, but she's kind of, she's a lot. She's a lot. We always argue, like, do you want, my husband and I are like, do you want the the older two easy ones or do you want the one baby? She makes up for two kids. Yeah, you know? right. She just does. Right. She's just so much. Yeah. Um, but it's fine. It's, you know, it's just a, it's a new season for us. I'm just, yeah. I feel like we're starting over again and that there's some beauty in that too. Yeah. yeah. So your, so your book is about sort of this journey in the mother, the motherhood piece kind of comes in more toward the end. Um, and you talk a lot about motherhood in there. So I want to, I want to talk about some of your quotes in a little bit, but um, one of the things I sort of related to is just this, things tend to snowball. You know, Mm. I think this is, this is one of the things that I caught in your book where, you know, you're just sort of going along and you're doing the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're good at, you know, but then all of a sudden it just becomes more and more and work turns into more work and commitments turn into more commitments. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you turn around and you find yourself, um, swamped, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't have space and you don't have margin. So can you tell us a little bit about, I don't know, just some highlights of your story and some of the really cool things that you've done? Sure. Um, well, you know, I started my blog in oh, 2001, I want to say, I mean, just early heyday. Yeah. Like, and this, yeah. is, this is designed for mankind. Is that the design for mankind.com? Yeah. It's my blog yeah. now. Yeah. It's had so many iterations, but okay. um, Yes. So I, I just have always journaled. I've always had that kind of as a hub of, of whatever creative project that I was pursuing at the time. And you're such a good writer. Thank you. I love writing. It's probably my number one favorite thing, but I I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel this way. You know, when you're multi-passionate, you have a lot of things that you want to do. It does 
snowball it does spill into. And and my I think my life work is kind of always trying to connect those threads together mm-hmm. and find where they overlap and sort of stay in that spot <clears throat> for long enough to see some sort of progress. But I um, moved to LA after I got married and became uh, kind of a, a, a lot of side jobs. I had a lot of side jobs, but I started doing some gallery work. I started doing art directing um, just for friends here and there. I really mm-hmm. loved it. And I, I had not known that art and design was a thing. I grew up in a very small town in Indiana. It was like, you're going to be a nurse or a, a banker teacher. or a teacher uh, or stay home mom. I don't know. It was like, there were such limited options I, that I knew of, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it felt like the world opened up to me and I just really uh, fell in love with the design aspect and, and how do how do I kind of apply that to whatever my passions were, which is, has always been writing. So, uh, you know, writing for HGTV.com was a natural outlet of that. Um, having that we, we eventually hosted a show about a renovation after moving back to the Midwest, um, renovating our own house with we, the, the pitch was simply how do real people renovate? Right. Because it's not mm. this quick before and after, yeah. you know, it's not, yeah. um, it's not, a commercial break and oh the, the flooring is finished so yeah. um the dot-com show was really you know what does it really look like when people try to renovate and they and they are learning as they go right mm-hmm. so um it was just it was so much fun and and I think everything that I've done in my life I've learned to, to kind of apply to the next thing so the next thing, uh, the show made such less sense with the baby, which was my oldest daughter when she was born. It's like, we don't want to run power tools during nap time. And just all of it mm-hmm. felt like living in a photo shoot constantly. And I've never really, uh, I don't know. That's a kind of the part of the internet that I've always, I've always wanted to just say, this isn't quite real. This isn't quite real. This isn't quite real. I feel like I'm always banging that drum and for me, needing to live life less on the internet has looked a lot like doing doing more things behind the scenes and more things, uh, you know, like volunteering at the conference or um, editing other people's books rather than writing my own, you know, just kind of sort of where my career path has taken me now, where the snowball has taken me now has been yeah. just a really beautiful relearning of who I want to be in this season and, and where I want to participate in the few hours that I have to give. And, um, so that's what it kind of looks like now. It looks less flashy for sure, but I love it. I love just the quieter life. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by better help question. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids, A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. 
Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com outside120 code outside 120. I think that was a really big main encouragement, sort of a theme of your book, which is that, well, first of all, it's like, you know, it's such an amazing thing to be able to follow your passions. You know, so I related to that, right? It's like we're following our passions. And then, you know, sometimes it just becomes too much, though, you know, sort of to carry. And so I like how you say you sort of have, you know, you diversify, you find, other ways to use your talents in ways that maybe aren't so burdensome, mm-hmm. you know, and like all of your stuff just really weaves together. You know, like you say you want to be real mm-hmm. and in your book, you're so real. It's so oh, real. Thank you. Know? you. Thank you say, you. I have made every attempt to manipulate my life. I mean, that's real Yeah, because everybody does that, but who really says it? Totally. You know? totally. So I do, I, I can see it. Like, and you take this, you did such a good job of like, taking a macro view of your life and, and sort of showing the journey and the twists and turns. Um, Thank you. Know, you. I felt like, I feel like one of the hardest pieces of life as a mom is that like sort of little by little, maybe you get time back mm-hmm. and it's in such small amounts. Um, it's really hard to figure out what to do with that time. Jenny, you you're know? right. That's and the so, question, right? Yeah. And so it's such a different thing. Um, so I, I like this lesson of meandering, you know, yeah. and that it's not all going to look the same. Um, you, said, you said, you yeah. said, I really like this. You said, um, you said, I believed, uh, I believe motherhood could, you said something like, I believed motherhood could be figured out. Um, that taking care of newborns is simply a matter of routine, of expectations. It's a science, a formula. There's no room for veering. And you said, motherhood is hard in a way I am ill-prepared for, in the way that you must learn to sweep cereal bits off the floor without sweeping your own self right out the door with them. There is the crying from you and the baby and the learning by you and the baby and the growing of you and the baby. Um, And you just talk about, like, you realize that, you know, you want to have what you used to have. I, this I still related to all of this: control, freedom, predictability, confidence, time, energy, and flexibility. Okay. I mean, all of those things are the things that you really lose. You know, yeah. um, you use the, and and your life becomes beautiful in different ways. But you you certainly lose control, freedom, predictability, confidence, time, energy, and flexibility. You lose all of it. 
Um, so I just like how you were real about that in your book and you, and you put words, I think, to people's actual experiences. Um, I mean, I think there's so much to be learned in looking at those losses. And I mean, of course, looking at the gains, we all know what those are, but I do also think being really realistic about, um, what you do have left to give both to yourself and to the people around you. I mean, when you talk about getting back time in short little increments, um, I have, I have like a little me time formula. I'm such a formula person and I hate that about myself, but I try, I'm trying I love really it about to, you. to be free. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I have like, like a me time formula, which is just, you know, when, when the baby's down for a nap and my baby doesn't nap, but when you've got 20 minutes of her screaming in her crib, then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do what will help the me now, what will help present me and what will help future me. And I Mm -hmm. try to split it 10 minutes in 10 minutes because I know I've only got 20 minutes before I got to get her out of the crib. So it's 10 minutes of filling up my tea. Wow. Looking out the window, deep breaths, relax. And then 10 minutes of, I don't know, uh, thawing the chicken and unloading the dishwasher so that dinner isn't as crazy. You know, just, I try to kind of make it as, as, as realistic as possible. Because if, if I'm over here saying there's no loss at all, I'm, you know, I have, Mm -hmm. I have plenty of time to do it. And and that's not my reality. You know, I do feel like my time is stretched. I think all of ours is. Yeah. So I like to, kind of get really honest about what my life looks like and what do I have the ability to change and control and manipulate as if I can. Um, Because I do believe, you know, we do have a lot more control than we think we do. And we also have a lot less control over we think we do. And the game is in figuring out which one is which. Yeah. The game is about being present. You know, I think that's that's what you talk about in the book. Um, yeah, and I love that. I think it's really important to be honest. You know, I had a friend, so our youngest, sort of similar to you, is just really, um, you know, a, a more challenging child in terms of how much she took. And um, she had like separation anxiety or something. I don't really know. I mean, that's not clinically diagnosed, but, you know, like she didn't want to be with anybody but me and, and for a very, very long time. And um, so she actually didn't sleep through the night until she was in her fours. And, mm-hmm. um, it's a, that's a long time, you know, that's a long time to not sleep through the night. And, um, but I had a friend of mine whose child also didn't sleep through the night until he was almost five. And so when she told me that at first I was like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I don't really want to hear that. But then you're like, oh wait, no, I really do want to hear that, mm-hmm. you know, because then that just helps me with my expectations. And, um, you know, it's like she survived. So I know I can survive. And, um, so I just love yes. that about you. I love that yes. you are, I think moms need to know, like, I think when we first have our babies, we think, well, we'll have control back when they're X age or, you know, we'll have our freedom back when they're, you know, at this stage. And, you know, at some point I'm going to have time and energy and predictability and, and you just, you don't, you don't. And you, probably, and you might yeah. never, you know, you really I, might I never. That's what I'm sort of thinking because I see my friends who have older kids and, you know, they're, you know, they're starting to get married or they're, you know, and then on the phone all the time with the kid. I mean, it's just, there's these different things and then there's grandbabies and, um, 
It is. It's a whole like small people, small problems, big people, big problems. I hear that all the time. And I actually love, I know people have mixed opinions about this, but I love, love, love when the old lady will stop you at the grocery store and say, remember this, be in this moment. This is important. Mm. I, I need it. I need that reminder because I do find myself always wishing away the season. And I know this one's hard. I know that, but but the ladies in the grocery store are right. You know, it's fleeting. It's fast. Yeah, they'll get bigger, and the problems get bigger, and the in the in the glories get bigger. You know, mm-hmm. it, it all expands. Yeah, but um, we have. To, I think. I think it's like if the process is the way it is, because if we just flash forward it to the expansion, we would totally burst because we couldn't handle it. Like right. we have to right. release all that control yeah. in small increments. Yeah. But helpful if someone comes along and just, you know, and helps you guide the way, like what you've done. You talk a lot about living in the present in the book. Um, you said, I began, I begin to learn to allow things to happen as they are rather than how I want them to be. I begin to learn quite simply the art of peace, which I think is beautiful. Can you talk about a little bit more about living in the present and um, sort of how you've learned to do that or any sort of tips and tricks and what got you there? Oh, I think, um, for me having, you know, they always talk about finding your why, Mm -hmm. whoever they is. Right. But, um, I like to find my what too. So, so for me, it's helpful to know, I, I like to have some sort of ritual with each of my kids to look forward to, because then, because I find that I can't, I can't stay in the present moment very, for very long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have small stretches of that, but the bulk of the day is, you know, flipping the pancakes and thinking about something else and, you know, whatever. So, um, I find that if I have that small ritual with, which maybe it's, uh, playing checkers with my daughter after all the other kids are in bed, or maybe it's, uh, itsy bitsy spider with the baby, you know, in the morning when nobody else is awake. Um, you know, it's for, for my son, like he's, he's big into like, Ninja Turtle anything. So it's talking about really anything Ninja Turtle related is is fair game, but just sort of having that one ritual, that, that connection point, Mm -hmm. um, that I can kind of rely on for the rest of the moments that feel too frenzied. I, I, I just kind of in the back of my head, it's like, okay, well, we, we either have this moment to look forward to, or this moment of connection has actually already happened. So we're fine. You know, it's, it's kind of a gauge of like, am I, Am I on track in terms of connecting with my kids in the mess of everything else that's happening in a day? Then the why comes into play for the times that those connecting points aren't happening, right? So it's um, if you have just some sort of inward refrain, like I I have a friend who... um, she's a member of, of other goose. And she always talks about how her goal, her only goal in parenting is to smile at her kids every time they walk in the room. She wants to just oh, light up every time her that. kids walk into the room, no matter what, you know, she wants them to know that she's happy to see them. And that has always stuck with me. That's her why, you know, um, I have another friend, her why is uh, based on a Bible verse and another friend whose why is based on a Plato quote. I mean, it's just, it's all different. Um, but I find that just sort of having that one mission to keep things in perspective, you kind of get the macro and the micro there, you know, you get the yeah. micro ritual 
of yeah. here's that one connection point that I want to have the, yeah. that outward expression. And then you have that inward sort of, for me, I just think of it. It's almost like on loop in my head, but that's really, I, I think the, that's kind of a convoluted way of saying that you really have to kind of hack presence sometimes. I mean, it's not, yeah. I am yeah. not doing it well all the time. I wish right. it away at 3am yeah. often sure. when I'm rocking the baby. Sure. But, um, but I do, I also feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just age. I just feel like you kind of chill out after a while and you kind of, you kind of realize, um, there's that idea that there is so much around you. There is so much in your head and all around in your focused viewpoint and information available to you and inspiration available to you and to-do lists and all of that. It's almost as if there is so much that you only really truly can focus on the thing in front of you or Mm -hmm. you'll go mad. So um, that's kind of the flip side of it for me as I just try really hard to pay attention to where my hands are and pay attention to where my feet are. And that's all I have control over right now. And that's just, yeah, that is what it is. That does not mean that I can control my temper at all times. That just means like, you know, just trying to pay attention. You are where you are. Well, I think it's interesting because that, you know, the, the title of the book just in and of itself is just very profound because you have to chase a slow you know, that chase. chasing, you know, you look at these different, well, on Instagram, let's say you look at these different Instagram accounts and you see these mothers that are, you know, baking their sourdough and doing the little cuts and the little, you know, and, and you just think, well, you even said it in your book. And I I really relate, you know, that it's, it's simple, but it's not easy, mm-hmm. right? The concept is simple, you know, to slow down and, um, but it's not easy to do. And it so, doesn't look like the Instagram version, you know, we, right. we know that nothing does, but right. you're right. I found that, uh, chasing slow is still a chase. You know, I could still, yes, I could still put and chasing slow. is hard. It chasing, is. And you can put it hard to do. Right. It's so hard. It's so yeah, hard. You can put it on a something. You know, I mean, that's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I really liked, I just related to that, which is that, you know, this is probably going to be an effort. I think from your book, that's what I got. It's like, you know, you gave this macro view of, of a, of a long period of your life and in every period you're chasing it, right? You're chasing slowing down, um, because stuff's always, you know, trying to creep in there and get added into your life or added to your plate. And And you're not going to achieve it. You know, you're not, I mean, you're not dead yet. So it's not, it's not as if there's an after point, you're always in the during. And so uh, it's, you could, there's a, there's a wide space between before and after. And I just think we are so quick to want to achieve slowness and then think, oh, now we've arrived, but right. That's yeah, false. you even talk about that. Well, you say beauty is not found in the after, it's in the during. Oh, it I is. really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're just waiting, waiting, waiting for the after, but we're yeah. in the during. Right. So I loved that. I love that. And there really is no after, you know, because I think it's, it's every day is a choice to, am I going to, I talk a lot about I say this to my daughter all the time with her room. 
she's a, she's a pack rat just like her husband or like my husband. And I think I'm always telling her, like, it doesn't matter what you get rid of. It's what you don't add back in. You know, it's sure. not about, this is like, this is like when you have a designer mom, a, sty- I know, a stylish I know. It's, mom. <laughs> I that love this, Erin. <laughs> It's it's fantastic. But I am. I'm like, you can get rid of everything in your room, but if you continue to add back in, it's always going to look like this. And that that's, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm past the point of caring. I just keep her door shut. (laughs) It is. It's something that I feel like I am constantly saying in terms of design, but I really haven't yet mastered in terms of life. Right. Like we can clear our calendars a million times, but we're going to add that thing back in. Yeah. And I think that's really tricky. I remember thinking like when, you know, like for years and years, I couldn't go out in the evening. You know, I got kids that are screaming or my husband travel for work or what have you. And then, you know, then all of a sudden when you can go out in the evening, then everybody wants you to go to these different things. I don't really want to go to those things, you know, but it's so then you really have to hold that boundary and you have to, I think it's a process of, of learning what new thing you want or don't want because it's new you know it's different than before you had kids and maybe you'd go out in the evenings and it wasn't a big deal yes Um, it is it's It's, all different understanding that time is is a luxury and I think when you place a higher value on it you do tend to make those um it's it's a harder trade-off you know you think you think deeply about where you want to use your time so it is almost easier to set those boundaries but you're right when it's easy. It's easier to blame it on the kids and be like, I can't go. Then what right. happens when you can and you right. don't want to? Like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I like you, but no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just this constant process of change. And, I, you know, my life didn't change at all, really, up until I had kids. So then, I mean, it changed some, but you're, you know, you're kind of like you talk about, you're kind of like in charge of it all. Then all of a sudden you're not uh-huh. in charge of it all. And it's exactly. Exactly. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day 
every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Okay, so you start this book. And you say, I married a man with an expiration date. Mm-hmm. Do you talk about this much? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mind talking about it though. Yes. Uh, my husband's brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is it, is it something that um, you just get checked, you know? Um, that, you know, it's so funny. I believe I would go as far as to say, I mean, he, yes, he's, Easier for me to say because I'm not the one with it in my in my head. But um, he's very oddly great at gauging, you know, when he feels a little off and paying attention to what that what exactly it feels like in his body. Um, and you know, the doctor's last reference point for him was, "You will know uh, mm. when you need to come again." So it it went from a series of regular scans, regular scans, regular scans um, to kind of prolonged periods of like, we don't think this thing is growing. Um, We don't know what it's doing. You'll know before we know sort of thing. So it was a really odd way to kind of kick things off, you know, in a marriage, in a life, you know, I just, I, and, but at the same time, maybe I've always been bent toward morbidity. I just, I don't know. I felt like in one way you would think that we would seize the day and live each month, but it was still very regular. It was still like fighting over who's going to do the dishes that night and just. Well, right. Um, I mean, I was, I'm that, that was really interesting to me. Yeah. In Cause you sort of start with this married a man with an expiration date. So I assumed that that was going to be a theme um, that you are like, Oh, so I have this perspective and, but then you, but then it really wasn't that. It was just, it's like life becomes this daily thing. Um, it's still, yeah, it, it's still there. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it was that metaphor of that, that constant thing that is still there that you don't have control over. Yeah. That you so badly want to change and so yeah. badly want to fix um, and how that shows up in every part of your life, you know, brain tumor or no brain tumor, there's, we don't, we don't know how much we have. And so it was for me, the idea of releasing the pace altogether. It's not about living life fast. It's not about living life slow. It is about, um, I say a lot, you know, it's caring more and caring less. You choose what you want to care about. Um, for me, connection is incredibly important. I mean, making people feel warmth and heard and listened to and understood. And, um, 
and maybe that is part of it. But so for me, that means if you come over to my house, I'm probably going to serve you frozen pizza because I can't make you feel heard and warm and understood if I'm like frenetic about the mushrooms burning or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and sauteing stuff left and right. And I'm just, I'm not a great multitasker. So, but that was the real, that that for me felt very hypocritical in terms of like, that doesn't feel slow. You're reheating, you know, frozen pizza or whatever that that's not like the slow way to do things. Mm -hmm. Right. I should be starting the sourdough and all of that. But if you're defining what slow means to you and what slow feels like to you, then you're writing that definition for yourself. And that definition for me was, was very much connection over truly anything else, you know? Um, So if that means plastic flatware at the table and, and we're going to just throw it together Mm. and that's, and that's that. I love that because you also talk about embarrassment. There's a sentence that I really related to. You said you have to die to yourself in a way you have to die of embarrassment. You have to die of your need for control, your desire to hide away all your sick, insecurities. And I, I felt that very deeply because I think you, you have this period of life, I think, uh, maybe not everybody does, you know, but more so that you have, you do have some more control, you know, over the parts of the, uh, of yourself that you show to the world. And, um, you know, and then you sort of get to this point and for me as motherhood, you know, where I'm like, I mean, stuff's not clean. People are coming. They're here, you know, and you, and your kid is screaming in the store and, you know, whatever the thing is. I mean, I'm, in, I've got this podcast. I think we talked about, I don't, I don't even know if I said it at the beginning, but I recorded 11 episodes and the, the sound quality is awful. And it had, it was a zoom setting and I didn't know we couldn't figure it out. You know, and like, you're just embarrassed. You're embarrassed all the time because there's too many <laughs> things going on and you just can't really nail it all down and you just feel Embarrassed and and um who the lady that started Spanx, Sarah Blakely, she says that's one of the like the three big fears are fear fear of failure, fear of public speaking, and fear of being embarrassed. You know, and so you, you get this life and you're like, oh, I I want to cook you a good meal, but here's your frozen pizza. Totally. Um, but you chose a relationship. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's so funny is I remember hearing, I felt so validated when I heard this, I um, was on a panel with, there was like a slow food chef and then there was like, like a slow living expert or whatever. And then there's me and the slow food chef talked about um, how he, and he was like a big deal, right? Like a, like a started in Italy kind of thing. Like gourmet everything, artists and everything. I mean, whatever words you can put in front of the fancy bread, he was that. Mm-hmm. And he had said he would really rather see um, a family eating dinner over McDonald's takeout than a person shoveling a free range organic chicken, whatever salad in their mouth over their desk during their lunch hour by themselves. He would rather see it because, because meal and food and it's nourishment and what's nourishing about, you know, the fast way sometimes. So I felt like frozen pizza always. I really like that. (laughs) Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That's something to remember. Mm -hmm. That's something to remember. 
I love that. I, I um, I want to. There was so much in your book. I'm I'm saying it again because we're heading into the holidays. I just think Aaron's book is such a. I mean, it'd be a great gift. I. It was such. It was such a moving book. There was. I'm trying to see how much time. There's two. Two last things I really want to talk about. I think okay. we're. I think we've got time for them. Um, okay, one of them I'm not going to be able to pronounce, but it's it's that broken pottery concept um, where they put oh, the Kintsugi? pottery. Thank you. Okay, you, you, there you I go. don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly either. I know I think, how it's written. I, that looks right to me. Kintsugi, and it's this concept of. Well, what, can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's just the idea, the idea um, that the the crack in pottery, you know, is is not, um, you know, in in Japan, it's not a flaw in the pot or in the ceramic, right? It's something that they highlight and they and they repaint it with gold just to highlight the fact that it is has been broken and put back together and now made beautiful, right? And but it's mm. the idea that the crack itself is the beauty, right? The flaw yeah. is the beauty. It's not. It's not beautiful despite the flaw. It's beautiful because the flaw. And um, that, I remember when my friend telling me about that, just that feeling monumental to me, just that, you know, all of our stories, everything that we've been through, um, what everything our kids are going through, it is mm. all part of the pivot. You know, it's all can be fueled into the next thing and to be used yeah. Um, and to be painted gold and to be really to shine someday yeah. in, in a different way. I really got that out of your story, you know, which the book has just so much to it. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like your biography, it, autobiography. It's just, so you have this, this view, this overhead view of like, oh, she, you know, she, she married this man with a brain tumor and, you know, you see all of this, you know, this stuff this snowball and then you know we also bought a home at the height of the market you know and everything and then everything crashed five years later like you think you're doing the right thing and everyone says invest and then our home was worth a hundred thousand dollars less than what we bought it for and it was super cheap to begin with you know so you you see this like thing that looks like it's gonna crash and burn yeah but it doesn't you know yeah. and it becomes this beautiful yeah, beautiful broken pottery with the gold etching and the picture of it in your book is so pretty. Uh, it really stands out. So um, that, you know, that maybe it's not failure. It's just, it's just a piece of the puzzle. It's just a part of the story. And exactly um, that the end yeah. piece, the end piece yeah. is still worthy and, yes. and beautiful in its own unique way. So I, I loved that. Um, there, and then this last part you talk about I really related to this, actually. You say, in a society that places a disproportionate emphasis on productivity, there is a true and real fear of slowing down. Will we be replaced, left behind, disrespected by the masses, whispered about in cubicles? Will we be cast aside for not pulling our weight, for not keeping up with the pace, for not playing by the rules? And I related to that. You know, I think that you put good words to the fears that are there because those are the realistic fears. Um, you know, will we be cast aside for not pulling our weight? And I think in relationships or at work or or those types of things. So, um, do you have do you have answers? Do you have thoughts on squelching those fears? You know, that are so you real know. and really exist. I, I feel like that 
this has kind of been my heartbeat for about five years. Well, because it's funny, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but yes, having, having kind of walked away from, it's funny, you, you can leave the rat race of your career, right? And you, and you did that. I did that. Which, I mean, that's mouth dropping. I mean, in the book, you're kind of like, well, wait, you know, you did, you were like in the limelight. Yes. But it's so funny. There are so many different limelights. That's what I found. There are so many different mm. rat races. And so, you know, you leave one and you enter another. And for me, um, even just doing the work online felt like d- just being quote unquote influential on the internet felt like a rat race to me. Mm-hmm. And um, walking away from that does cost a lot. Um, and I think you have to truly know your purpose, you know, and, and you have to, you have to believe that, um, the reason you're doing it is worth it, no matter what's on the other side, you know, for me, it didn't, I didn't feel like, participating in internet discourse or, or positioning my life as a certain way or talking about it nonstop or marketing or strategy, all of it. Um, I just like to write, you know, I just like telling stories. And so for me to kind of keep up with all of the stuff that goes with storytelling um, felt uh, as if I was sacrificing a little bit of my soul, you know, I mean, that sounds very dramatic, but it did truly on a day to day, right? It, it wasn't. Um, and, and I think, I think we get into the trap of, well, we can do it. So we should, it's easy to do it. So we should, it's not hard. It wasn't hard to do. It just didn't feel right. And I think life has to feel right. Um, for our values, you know, it has to be pointing us towards something true. And that didn't feel like it was for me. So, um, so to tell you the truth, yeah, you, you do feel a little left behind, you know, you feel like, um, doing things a different way causes a lot of tension. Uh, it makes things harder. Um, but at the same time, living this quieter life, saying no to a lot of things that I might've said yes to before because they sounded good or they would have brought in. An, and and maybe they are good. You know, they even they are, are good. good things. They are good things. Yeah. They yeah. just, sometimes they just don't fit anymore. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it just, it's like the, you know, like the jeans I can't wear anymore. <laughs> they just don't fit. And so, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I think for me, I can unequivocally say that following that true north for me and walking away from walking away from many iterations of what my life had looked like, um, it always leads somewhere new. It's not it's not ever that it's over or that it's forgotten. Or I still feel like very much my past has fueled me into the reasons why I do the the things I do now. And it's opened me up to so many different, wonderful things. You know, part of what I do now is, um, other goose. I get to teach other people how to start homeschooling. If they want to, I get to, um, write other author stories. Uh, I get to edit other author stories. I get to, I get to kind of 
let other people be in their limelight because if they're in the, in the season where they're enjoying it, um, it's a, then it's a real gift to me to be able to support that. So, um, you know, volunteering at other people's conferences, all all those things that just, you get to, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a lot of times our culture thinks the strongest people are the ones, uh, on top, but you got, they all need a base, you know? And I found that I really like to be the base. I like to be the behind the scenes and the support beam and cheer each other, cheer everybody else on. I like that. So, um, it's been good for me. It's been really good for me. There's a beautiful answer to the question because, you know, the question is, will I get left behind? You know, you know, will I be disrespected? You know, what if I don't play by the rules? And, and your answer is, it's going to look like how it's supposed to look for you. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that I think that theme of your book is so encouraging, you know, that we can go our own way and, um, I guess throughout the whole book, I'm kind of like, well, what's going to happen next? You know, this is exciting. You know, in the moment, it probably was very scary. Yeah. You know, and feels risky. And, um, but then, you know, you, you read it and you're like, oh, things turned out okay. And they turned out beautiful and they turned out different. And I don't know why. I just loved it. Well, okay. Thank so we you. talked about, um, you talked a little bit about other goose, so let's uh, let's just take a quick minute. And if people are looking to find you, I think a lot of people have already found you. But um, uh, we found each other at Wild and Free, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is so fun. But if other people are looking to find you, your book and other goose and um, and your blog, where where are good places for them to go? So mostly, I am just at um, othergoose.com. But I do still blog at designformankind.com every now and then. I don't really participate in Instagram um, or social platforms anymore, um, at least not right now. But um, yes, Other Goose is more that the, it's just really for people that are interested in beginning homeschooling. If That's for parents, it's great. It's for ages, <clears throat> um, you're geared toward ages two to seven. Yeah. And I think it's a really big need because um, actually this circles back to what we first talked about. I do think that as your kids grow, especially if you're a home educating family or a family that really values play, uh, as your kids grow, you do become less scared because mm-hmm. you see that they're fine. You yeah. know, like for our oldest, I mean, our kids, we don't start to do reading instruction until seven. And, you know, for the first kid, I'm super scared. But, you know, for the younger kids, I'm not scared at all. Totally. We've already done it once. You know, so you see a lot of these parents, you know, of a two-year-old and a three-year-old and, oh, it's their first kid. And what do I do? And, you know, they got a couple kids and, um, you know, a couple young ones. And I think, you know, for someone to come along and hold their hand and to give them a process. And so you have, a, um, I saw you, it's like reading, you have a base of reading, play, there's a, a little lesson, but it's not yeah. super long. Totally. Um, there's yeah. no, it's, um, it's, there's no like supply list. It's not, it's not, yeah. um, this is basically for every parent that says like, what curriculum should I use? And it's mm-hmm. the answer of 
you don't need a curriculum, but it's in a curriculum. Yeah, <laughs> that makes right. sense. Because yeah. I feel like we all need that. They need that reassurance. They do. Um, need and they need productive. something. Like, you know, because then everyone asks you what you're doing. And, totally. Um, so this would even be good for a family that was considering to home educate. I mean, if yeah. they've got a two-year-old at home or three-year-old, four-year-old, you know, those early years up through, you know, first grade or so. Um, so it's othergoose.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You can just get um, in there and practice. A great answer. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's inexpensive. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, just a monthly, a monthly fee I saw or people can pay annually for the year. So, mm-hmm. um, what a gift to give parents. That's the question people ask all the time, you know, when their kid is three, what curriculum should I get? So I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What it, a way to it, meet it, a need, Erin. That's really cool. It's been really fun. I really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And then your book, um, I got it on Amazon. So I'm sure that it's everywhere, but really a beautiful book. Great gift for the holidays, chasing slow courage. We all need courage, right? Courage to journey off the beaten path. Um, and then people could, can they find your old HDTV TV show? They probably can. I'm sure if you Google it. Yeah. If you just Google HDTV.com and my name, I bet it'll, I bet it'll pop out. I don't know. It feels so old now. It's like 10 years ago. Wow. It's so so neat. Uh, can we end with um, a favorite childhood memory of yours outside, a favorite playing memory. Um, Ooh, I love that. Um, oh my gosh, yes. I once, the first time I could ever venture out, um, I would, you know, ride. It's so funny because I don't ride bikes as an adult. I feel like I never adequately learned how to ride a bike as a child. <laughs> but anyway, I was allowed to go mailbox to mailbox. And that was it, right? Um, I lived in a little like subdivision. And um, I remember riding a bike past the mailbox like I wasn't supposed to and getting caught in a rainstorm. And for some reason, I thought that if you were in a rainstorm, you should go like under a, under a tree for coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. not thinking of lightning, right? The leaves are going to catch all the rain. No, you're good. I don't know. <laughs> And so I um, did, I, I went for cover under the pine tree that was just a little bit past the mailbox and then I could blame it on the rain, right? Like if I got caught by my parents mm-hmm. disobeying. Um, and I know it was only, you know, five to 10 minutes of a storm, but being under there with the pine tree kind of as a shelter and I'm all huddled and chilly and um, totally by myself. And it's just, you know, the the pounding of the rain and then just the breeze and all of it. It felt like I had been under there for two hours. It was, it was for sure five minutes at the most. And then I just hopped back in my bike and went home and it felt like this secret, like. It was your adventure. It was an adventure. I felt, I know, I felt like all I needed was, you know, a compass and bread or something, but it was, yeah, that's, it's for sure my favorite. Don't you just, I just love that. I mean, it couldn't be more simple. Oh, or, yeah. Or random. <laughs> I know. You know. I know. You there know was nothing try, involved. Like, as parents, we try and do, like, so many things for our kids. You know? And then sometimes I'm like, my parents are probably like, what the heck? That's your favorite memory? <laughs> you know? Totally. Totally. We took you when to we the tide pool. Right? And, like, you when just we went to find you. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a powerful reminder that simple yeah. things are, are so impactful for kids. So, um. I just love, love, love that I've gotten to know you um, a little bit better, and I love your book. It will it will sit with me for my life. I got so oh. much out of it, and um, 
and uh, I'm excited for where our path goes. I think we'll stay connected and Oh, I, um, I hope so. Yeah, I just I'm, love you, Jenny. I love your family. I'm going to have to RV my way over to you. I'm excited. Is, and, it, is it up and going? Is the RV up and going? No, we're still waiting. Okay. The yellow. <laughs> is, is it yellow? Is it still yellow? It's yellow. Okay. The yellow yeah. RV. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Erin. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Jenny. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.